How's it going, guys? This is Big Daddy Wags with the Flippin' Tables podcast, uh, and we're going to be doing a little Meet the Boys episode today. Indeed, yeah. If you guys are interested in the podcast, figured you might as well get to know us, since, you know, that's like the charm of the whole show, right, is how awesome we are. Is that kind of what we're thinking? Well, yeah, and that, you know, we're kind of, well, I think we're relatable. I like to think so. I mean, I know I look down on all of you, but you can aspire to be as great as I am. Just just like you. That's what I want to be when I grow up, just like Kev. Aw. <laughs> so we got some questions here, uh, and we're just going to kind of go back and forth asking them. Some of them are deep. Some of them are funny. You know, we'll mix it up a little bit, and, yeah, you'll learn a little bit about us as yeah. we go. Well, I think we can, uh, we can also kind of just talk about a little bit of our backstory without getting into, you know, personal details. I'm not giving you guys my social security number or anything like that. But I mean, you know, the general story of, you know, we, we grew up together basically mm-hmm. since, you know, like early middle school, mm-hmm. we uh, went through the school system, the public education system together. So that's a bond in blood. If I know <laughs> one to be true. Uh, and yeah, we kind of just kept our friendship up over the years and we're still kicking. Uh, and even though we were, you know, we had some different interests. You're more like the, you're more the sciencey dude. I'm mm-hmm. more of the, I'm the thespian type, but it would make it work. Yeah. So I guess we'll go into that a little bit. I'm, I, by degree, I'm an environmental biologist, but I do environmental science right now, mainly, you know, groundwater testing, stuff like that, all nerdy stuff. I love my job. I get to be outside and you know, it's only kind of rough in the cold parts of the year, but other than that, you know, it, it pays the bills. And uh, Kev, you, you're the thespian. Indeed, yeah. Uh, at the time of this recording, I am not famous, but that might change. Who knows? Um, yeah, no, I went to school for, I studied music and uh, arts administration, so which is business for if you want to not make a lot of money doing it, though. And um, <laughs> and I got a theater minor as well. So, yeah, I've been all over the place. I got to do, you know, I've been doing some uh, regional shows. You know, I was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. That was kind of my big claim was, to fame currently. sexy ladies. Ooh, wow. Yeah, all that for, let me tell you. If, you know, <laughs> small group, but if you're, hey, if it works for you, no judgment. Those big paws. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pontius Pilate and Jesus Christ Superstar. That was one of, that's like my all-time favorite mm-hmm. still probably. It will be for a long, long time. Love that. But, uh, yeah, so that's my story, you know, just trying to make it, using you, try to get to the top. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just the tool in this game, man. I'm, I'm just – I'm a pawn, a rook maybe, maybe a knight. I don't know if I could wear the horse head though. But we're going to start off with some fun questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it from here now. Uh, so, Kev, mm-hmm. what would you name your boat if you had one? Oh, geez. We have not prepped any of this, by the way, so this is just totally off the cuff. If I had to name my boat, I would call it. I would call it the Salty Splatoon. You call it the Salty Splatoon? I think I would. Or, no, but the Salty Splatoon, like the video game. Yeah. So that would kind of be the thing. And then I had to paint it, Uh like the weird, like, the ink colors and people. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just weird everybody out with that. You'd be the only one at the marina that has, like, bright yellows and bright pinks. I think, actually, the Salty Splatoon 2, like, and have the Roman numeral 2, yeah. just so everyone's like, what happened to the first one? You don't know. Too much Splatoon. Sometimes, you can never have too much Splatoon, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, all right, I got one for you. If you were in a circus, what would your job be? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Ah, lion Tamer. 
I think it would be, uh, it's probably goes against a lot of people right now because, you know, we shouldn't really be keeping lions and circuses and stuff. I, I disagree with it. Just want to make that disclaimer. But I would love to be in front with just this majestic beast and just, you know, being able to interact with it and have that kind of, you know, relationship with it would be amazing. Just, you know, being able to pet a lion that wouldn't make me on site would be incredible. Damn. It's actually kind of profound, you know? I I know, right? (laughs) I admire that. (laughs) All right, I'm up, I'm up. Let's see. What is the most useless talent you have? Because you're quite a talented individual. You can sing, you can dance, you can act, you can do a lot of stuff. I mean, you can kick my ass. Uh, I can move. I don't know if I can dance anymore. I used to be able to. It's been a long time. I can move, though. So then what would you deem as your most useless talent? Jeez, so many things. Um, Well, I can play sort of the melodica which is a piano that you blow into basically so it's like if you combined a piano with an oboe or something and it's like that so it no one ever wants to hear it it's basically just a more fancy recorder which we all know the recorder is the devil's instrument so it's it's i've never had it come into play ever like it's never actually been anything useful anytime i've played it for someone they give me the look of why am I in the room with this person? What life choices have I made to get to this point where I've fallen so low that I'm in the room with a man playing a melodica? So I'd probably have to go with that off the top of my head. That's – I don't even know what a melodica is. So it's uh, a, I just told you what it is. I know, but I can't even picture it in my head because I'm thinking like grand piano but just with like a little woodwood wood tip at like the corner <laughs> of it. <laughs> you, it's the size of an old piano, but it has the tiny little thing. You have, you you have to stand on the it. side of it, blow yeah, into it, and, and reach t- over. And tippity-tap those keys. Right. So you can only really hit like 10 keys out of all 88. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really stupid though. Um, I have a, I guess, a semi-serious question for you. Okay. Because I remember when we first thought of this idea – Um, I was already sort of like getting involved with the idea of trying to do something podcast-y or something Mm -hmm. in that world because at least for me doing theater and stuff like that it's amazing and you know I I love it and it's I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it because it definitely isn't a financially sound decision Mm -hmm. but there is that part of me that's like I wish I could just make something that's my own and not just like be doing other people's stuff so I was kind of messing with that idea and then you kind of were the one that first brought up like oh let's do one together I kind of been thinking about it, but I didn't say anything to you. You were the one that brought it up first. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested from your perspective, why did you want to start FTE? What was it for you? So FTE to me came out a lot of different avenues. I is not like the most artistic person. I consume a lot of art. I love to read. I'm a huge philosophy buff. I'm a history buff. I uh, information. I listened to tons of podcasts and, you know, it was always so rough because having, for example, a very artistic friend like myself, and we also have a lot of other very talented and artistic friends. I, I never had anything like that. I never had a, you know, a talent that I could actually turn into art because I was an athlete. And then other than that, I was a scientist and that's all boring. It's all like rational and stuff. Exactly. It's all like important or whatever. (laughs) And so, you know, FTE came out as like one of the few forms of media that I felt like I could do because, you know, I'm, I can talk. I've, I've, you know, one of the reasons I always think about this is I would love to just record all of, you know, our group of friends talks while we're sitting around in the basement, you know, watching a 
football game, you know, because they get randomly deep. They have a lot of meaning to them. They're so genuine. And it's something I wanted to, you know, turn into something for everyone else to feel because it's something, you know, I, I was so blessed to have that. I want to, you know, I want to see if I can share that and hopefully other people can feel the same feeling. Yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> and then make a lot of money. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Buy our merch. So, okay, I'm going to go with a little bit of a silly question. What is your biggest screw-up in the kitchen? Oh, geez. So many. Um, I think the worst one was, this is when I first started cooking, which was my sophomore year of college. So for some people, that's normal. For some people, that's a bit of a late bloomer. But I remember I was making a chicken breast. I probably didn't even salt it, if I'm being honest. I probably oh. didn't put any spices on it. That is just so depressing. It was, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. And pretty sure I didn't even, like, butter the pan or, olive, like, nothing in the pan either. Oh. Just uh, no clue what's going on. And I put up, I put it up really high because I remember, oh, I got to make this quick. So let me put the heat on like really high so it'll cook faster, right? That makes sense. I didn't realize that, oh, it's going to burn the outside and then the center is just going to be raw still. So I remember cranking it up and then within like four minutes, smoke's just coming out and I'm like, what's going on? Because I went to the bathroom. I probably went to go pee and then came back. I'm like, why is the kitchen almost on fire? What's going on? Why does it smell like burnt shit in here? And... Then I realized what I had done because then I cut into the chicken. All right, it was a little burnt. Maybe it's, you know, it's good to go. <laughs> and it was just straight pink, straight pink down the middle. It was like, it's like Salmonella Alley, a centimeter of just char and then just raw, <laughs> fresh chicken. Oh, that's rough. And my roommate uh, and, and good buddy is a very talented cook and he was very disappointed in me. And he had every right to be because I, I learned the hard way, but I learned. So that was probably the, the biggest thing I did. I, I haven't, like, burned anything down completely. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit of fire. Okay. Just a little okay. bit of smoke, you know. Not too terrible, though. <laughs> Are you a saver or a spender? It's a dumb one. I don't know the answer to that. Ooh, that's... <sighs> so I'm usually a saver. I have a twin sister, and she's amazing. And the one thing that you get to see is the, the dichotomy between two people when you have twins. And my parents always say, I am the saver and she is the spender. However, I will say I broke my little spendy rules because if anyone else knows, I uh, the NCA tournament has been canceled. And uh, yeah, we're recording this at the time of COVID-19. Which we're, we're probably going to talk yeah. about more in detail at some point. Um, yeah, so we're at mid-March right now, and uh, I'm an avid basketball fan and, you know, college basketball fan. And my team is actually doing really well this year. And uh, my dad is an alumni of the school I went to, and we were both going to go see them play. And that totally, totally ruined it. But, uh, you know, uh, off the tangent here, I got sad, and I was at work. And I decided I'm so sad, I'm going to buy some things. And so I bought some cool stickers. I bought a sweatshirt and I bought a hat. And I actually bought another hat when I went to Walmart after that. And so here I am, two hats extra, uh, another sweatshirt. Big more. hat guy. That's another thing I to oh, know yeah. about you. Oh, I love hats. I love hats. I, my friends uh, when I was in college never knew me with my hair out. They always said I had a hat on. They were like, I can't even picture... Brian with with like just his hair 
I just picture him with a hat, and I'm like, oh, wow, that, that makes me feel good. I was a hat kid for, like, two years in middle school, and I shouldn't have been. Yeah, you, you, you got those luscious locks, man. I just got this fluff on top. It's like someone took some, like, whippy dip ice cream and just smeared it on top there. But you, you, you got this luscious red mane. Well, I didn't know I could even do it until, you know, because it was a buzz cut family. Um, I'm the youngest of four, and we're all brothers, which I think is also interesting about us, that you're a twin, and I'm the youngest of four, which is, like, very different. But they were all athletes, and I ended up being a little bit of black sheep in that way that I really wasn't. I was, well, one, I was born with a heart condition, and then two, I'm super uncoordinated. So combination of those two things. But so we all just buzz-cutted all the time because, you know, if you had long hair, you just got more sweaty, got in your eyes. It wasn't efficient. So I was always growing up just efficiently buzz-cutting, and it wasn't really until, like, last year <laughs> that I was like, wait, you can cut it thinner on the sides but let the top get wavy and it'll just do that and it'll look good what <laughs> the hell oh my god I'll and it's look opened up good. a whole new world for me i'll tell you what i know girls actually look at you now not like a you know like a crackhead trying to ask for money well they always looked at me but it was more like wow really hope i don't ever have to be near that in my life it was more like it's a cautionary tale you know <laughs> like make like you're like you know little kids like mom who's that and like she's like and you're like look at that that's what failure is. it's like it's like <laughs> it's when you, large. it's like when you pass a fire in the street yeah you kind of you call 911 but afterwards you just walk away <laughs> yeah like you look at it because it's pretty for a moment because of just how much it's all just getting destroyed good old you know? good old-fashioned dumpster fire exactly <laughs> if i that that's you learn about me you know that's what i am good old-fashioned dumpster fire <laughs> I had to describe myself. <laughs> hey, listen, if you had to have a third eye or a third arm, which would you choose? Oh, shit. That's tough, There's man. a lot of implications in I that. I mean, a third eye is just another thing to get poked. I'm going to say you can place them anywhere, though. Okay. So there's no limit to where you could put the eye or where you could put the arm. Let's see. Oh, I'd have to do... The third arm would get clumsy. That's the thing for me is a third arm would get clumsy. A third eye you could hide if you're like, because uh, people are people are going to judge it no matter what, but you could hide a third eye. You know, you just wear backward sunglasses or something, just do some crazy shit. Mm -hmm. I would want a third eye in the center of my forehead, and I want to wear pyramid sunglasses so they have like an extra like, <laughs> thing on top, and I think they would look badass. That would be pretty cool. And people wouldn't necessarily know that you had the third eye. They'd be like, whoa, those are really weird sunglasses. Oh, yeah. I just wear a lot of hats, too, and I could just probably get a hat that could cover it if I get it high enough on my head. I wonder how that would affect – like, does your vision change so that then you'd only feel like you're seeing two-thirds of what you could actually be seeing? Or would it just be – like, is it an extra – so if one eye is 50%, second yeah. eye is 50%, then is the third eye another 50%? So you're seeing 150% or – does it downgrade the other two eyes so they're all seeing at 33%? Oh, that'd be tough. It would probably, if, if we're talking like evolutionary track, the third eye would probably be the same as the other two. And so that means it would be like the 33%, 33% kind of thing. But again, you'd have totally different blind spots because everyone, uh, if you don't already know this, if you close one of your eyes, you actually have a blind spot that you can kind of see um and your other eye when both of them are open covers for those blind spots and so you know your blind spots would be totally different because picture like closing your bottom left eye closing your bottom right eye and then having the other two open you know there'd be weird be some weird shit hmm. dude i want one in the back of my head 
That, I feel like that get itchy with your hair and shit. It would it would require some upkeep. I'll get, give you that. Get infected. But the utility. What if you got pink eye in the back of your head? Because <laughs> like, what if you lean back on like on like an airplane? Like you lean back your head against. Oh uh, yeah, that's it would true. be gross. I well, maybe like the side of your head, but then you couldn't sleep on your side. I could probably live with that though. And then it's just another place for someone to come up behind you and poke your eye, and it would hurt just the same as getting poked in the front. But then they're also behind you, and so now you're in pain, and you're and you're freaking out because your back eye got poked. And that sounds like uh, a different kind of thing. Oh, wow. Hey, listen. The man that chooses to have an eye in the back of his head is a fool every day but one. Because the one day that the maniac with the machete comes for me, I'm going to see him coming. All right? That's all mm-hmm. I got to say about that. Okay. Uh, here's, this is like, I don't know, the, this or that questions. I had to answer a few of these a while ago for okay. like a show. Like mountains or beach, you know? What would you prefer? Oh, well, that's easy. Mountains. I'm the same way. Yeah, it just Beach is hot. And crowded. It's crowded. I mean, we're all we're from an area where we have a very crowded shore. We're on we're on the east coast, and so you know, I I love it there, but I hate it there at the same time. If I go into the mountains, I can just you're you're usually with the people you like the most, or and you can kind of choose your group. When you go to the beach, you're bringing like a caravan of people. It's always too many. (laughs) Yeah, it's never it's never casual. You always think it's going to be, but then it isn't. You know. It, it, like you show up and you're like, this is going to be relaxing. And then, you know, you got, you know, your crotch is itchy because you got chafing and and you've been, you know, you got sand in your hair that you haven't been able to wash out for got two sand weeks. Other places probably too. Yeah, I, got sand, I have sand in my phone port since like more than a year and a half ago. And it's never come gotten out. And ever since I have to jerry rig my phone every day just to charge it. I have to put it like the exact right angle because that sand is so stuck in there that yeah, it's blocked yeah, off yeah. parts phone, of your it. Your phone's getting a little 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 ghetto there. This thing man. is this thing is archaic. It is archaic. I know this thing I've known this thing almost as long as I've known you. Oh jeez, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, we're stands on people if that means anything yeah don't judge us <laughs> dropped off all the audience yeah, right there yeah. everyone gave up on us yeah well you know if you're listening to us on itunes you can go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> and baby apple's gonna pull us now i don't know <laughs> Crap. spotify stitcher and all the other podcast avenues we love you yeah we didn't think that one through but oh well too yeah, deep i'm too deep i'm standing always, by it we can always cut that out the galaxy <laughs> the galaxy for life galaxy for life gang all right, I got a question for you off of what you asked me earlier. So when it comes to FTE, you know, you already are pretty lucrative in what you're going to be and your plans and everything. That's one of the things I, I had the big respect for you about how realistic and how much work you put in to be, you know, perfecting your craft and, you know, trying to go after different roles and jobs and everything. For you as already a creative, what do you want FTE to be? Hmm. I think like I said earlier – it was that feeling of, you know, like not feeling like I wasn't putting out anything that really had my voice on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was, it's very rewarding to take something that's already been like created and embody it, right? That's that's something in and of itself. But then to make something from scratch on your own that inherently will have your own voice to it like your own take, just your own sort of aura gets out. I'm not like a spiritual person, but mm-hmm. like that's a that's the only other word I can think at the moment. Um, and you put that in there, and I don't know, there, there's a whole different type of reward that comes to it. And I think I really started to feel that when I started running like D&D games. 
which is probably time to get into this whole thing because this mm-hmm. is a big part of our channel, um, podcast, whatever. It's, I don't know what this is. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I used to like I used to write a lot as a kid. I know I in like fourth grade I wrote a book. Mm-hmm. It was only like thirty pages, but for a kid, that's a lot, and it was terrible. It was about dragons or something. I don't know. But was, you did it. It was real nerdy. I just like I'm pretty sure I googled cool pictures and then just wrote the story around the pictures. Which well, worked. It was good, just very, very incoherent, though. Yeah. <laughs> there was no no narrative consistency. This kid sucked at writing. Um, no, I enjoyed it a lot, and I guess it kind of fell off to the side a little bit once I was doing on-stage stuff, because that mm-hmm. kind of consumed my life for a while, and I fell in love with that. And then I kind of came back to it, particularly with Dungeons & Dragons, because when you're running games, you know, you're coming up with all these worlds and these characters and things like that, and you're sort of guiding stories and... Uh, I just completely fell in love with it, and then it kind of reignited my love for creating things from scratch as opposed to the more theatrical version of creation, which is still very fulfilling, but for whatever reason, there was a certain itch that wasn't getting scratched, mm-hmm. and that was kind of why I wanted to pursue this. Um, and then also just be able to hang out with you, because it, it's an excuse to do that. That too, yeah, because we are busy dudes, and just being make an excuse to hang out is always awesome. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean... Because I know I, I've probably told you before, but I probably don't tell you enough. Like I, I very much admire uh, you and like your principles and things like that. And mm-hmm. you know, you're definitely sort of a you're you're sort of you know you're my best friend, but you're also very much a role model for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, um, that's, that's I actually got you to admit that on get, tape. Let's that's get sad, man. Oh, damn. I'm doing it for the views. <laughs> I'm doing it for the likes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I want you to tell me a little bit about that. Though. Like what. For you, because you're a very principled guy, right? I think that's Absolutely. something I know a lot about you. So for you, what are like those guiding principles in your life that sort of keep you where you're at? Ooh. Keep you moving forward. Uh, I think, you know, and, and I think the one that always comes off that if you get to know me, you know, you'll figure out is I'm a really resilient person. And it's... And, you know, there's a difference between being strong and being tough and being resilient. They're all kind of different avenues of, you know, per, uh, you know, I'd, I'd say character toughness, you know, you, you know, resiliency is your ability to handle really tough stuff and being uncomfortable or being upset or, you know, handling bad emotions as well as handling bad situations. And, you know, the resilient thing has always been, you know, surviving it. So resiliency is about survival. You know, and I've gotten through a lot of really hard stuff that would knock some people on the ground a lot harder than it did me. And I got better for it, you know. And then the other one is definitely attitude. Because, again, you deal – and, again, you know, in general day-to-day life, you deal with tough things. You deal with an angry boss. You deal with a mean person on the street. You deal with even harder stuff like, you know, debts of family, uh, your own own mental issues, uh, you name it. And – for me, having a really good attitude and a really happy and kind of optimistic approach to things has kept me happy with what I've been doing. You know, being able to go through day to day and not, you know, let the hard stuff drone on to me. I can kind of wear it like a really healthy form of armor. You know, is this go this good attitude? And I actually keep a little card in my wallet. Uh, that has a quote on attitude, and it's uh, at some point I'll probably read it for you guys uh, if we ever get into a philosophy episode. But uh, it was given to me by my first football coach in seventh grade, 
uh, and it's something I've held with me to this day, and it's something that'll probably be inscribed on my gravestone. You know, it I've held that to to heart for a very long time. And then the last thing would definitely be not taking life too seriously, because good God, guys life gets serious. I mean, we're both on the cusp of real adulthood here. You know, I have my first job. Kev is going after his, you know, first, uh, you know, real legitimate roles and bigger other than the, I mean, not saying anything else is illegitimate. I mean, the stuff you're already doing is very tough and rewarding, but you know, stuff that kind of break you out, you know, the no, absolutely, roles. yeah. and you know, and for me, it's, you know, trying to better my professional life and you know, it, it gets, serious it gets tough people or bosses can be mean stuff gets upsetting you know but uh, i can think back to the times where uh, i work on construction sites a lot and i was sitting in there with three higher ups in the room and a dump truck goes by and it makes a sound that sounds just like a really long fart <laughs> and we all looked at each other and this is a guy who must have been 90 years old worth like a billion dollars and the other person next to me was like a master in his field in environmental sciences and we're all sitting there laughing about the fart noise coming from a dump truck <laughs> and it was amazing so again you know I, not taking life too seriously has definitely kept me going in a really good way i love that i i, I never knew about the card the wallet yeah. I'm learning I'm, things today. I'm surprised you didn't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you know? What do you know? Yeah. That was very well articulated, though. And you've definitely inspired me a lot in that way. Uh, but, yeah. 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 So, I guess it's my turn now. I guess I, it is. Yeah. It's my turn now. So, uh, uh, off that, we're going to go with what is a character trait that you have that you think you can better right now. Ooh. Hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a negative trait that you're trying to change, but it can be a trait that you think you might be underperforming in that you want to make a little bit stronger. Like, I, I definitely consider myself to be a grateful person, but I could say there's always room for more of that um, because I've been moving at a million miles an hour lately especially the last couple of months, I've really felt it. And there's not a lot of time to just sort of appreciate the moment. You know, you're always kind of moving to the next one. Um, I've definitely felt myself be almost borderline workaholic <laughs> for mm -hmm. a little bit. And that's kind of, you know, this time of the year, there's definitely, there's an audition season for those unfamiliar with the, with the industry. There's definitely a time. It sort of starts right after New Year's and runs for the first few months of the year where you're just running to like three a week you know mm -hmm. and it's exhausting and but you get in your mind because you're you know you're trying to get to the next big thing right so you're not really worried about what you got right now you know you're always getting a lot of people i have a lot of complaints about theater people <laughs> which i'm sure <laughs> which i'm sure we'll get to you know throughout our little series here but one of the biggest things for me is that people tend to downplay where they're at uh and i think and to a certain extent it's healthy because you don't want to act like you know, you're, you're big shit if you're just in a really small pond, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you always you always want to be the small fish in the big pond, not the big fish in the little pond. That's always kind of where you want to be at. You always, you always want to be pushing yourself. You always want to be going to the next, you know, you want to... I always like to feel like I'm the least talented person in the room because mm -hmm. I want to I have to get my ass kicked to get better. So, to that point, you know, kind of being like, oh, you know, this thing I'm doing right now, like, it's cool, but, you know, I'm not... I'm on Broadway right now, right? You don't want to say, you know, because... 
you're not. And so you want to be honest with where you're at. You don't want to think like you're a bigger deal than you really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what you're doing still really cool. You know, even if you're getting like a, just a small stipend for working a show, you're still getting paid to do what you love. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So being able to be grateful for those moments and then just, you know, the moments that I have with family and with friends and always taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, I'm very aware of that now, especially after the last few years, just kind of being grateful is a big thing for me now. But I always think there's always more room for it in your life. So that's what I'd have to say. Okay. Okay. All right, Kev. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. We love Letter Kenny. Yeah, just if you guys, that's something you're going to get used to. <laughs> there's going to be references left and right. Okay, um, what are your biggest pet peeves? Oh, that's tough. I tend I tend to think of myself as a very chill person. I can I'm I tend to be the social com- chameleon. I can you can drop me into a room and I can talk to everybody and no matter who they are or what's going on. But <sighs> people who chew with their mouth open. Mm. It is I had a guy and he might listen to this podcast at some point, so I'm not going to mention who he was, but him and I lived together for a little while and good god could he just it, it, he would do it at like 2 a.m and just <laughs> uh, stop that's the sound and he would do it it got to the point where i was able to start to fall fall asleep to it oh it's like it's some asmr stuff yeah i know yeah but i was still just so oh it was just so rough and and he's a really really nice dude he uh, should he should start uh, a twitch channel become an e-girl <laughs> oh my god he just he Really nice dude, but it was just so difficult to to hear that every day. But you know that that's probably my biggest pet peeve, and that's just off of that experience. Mm. Dude, balloons. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I know we've already cursed a little bit, but just to clarify, we are a bit of a PG-13 podcast here. I fucking hate balloons. You fucking hate balloons. I really do. It's mostly the noise. It's the noise that people it makes when you rub on it. It is worse. It's worse than nails on a chalkboard for me. Oh I God, despise it. Really? And because that noise of the rubbing, I hate it so much, it's grown into an overall hatred of balloons. Uh, there's, there's like a Bob's Burgers episode where like the 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 like the grandparents are having like marital troubles basically and like they're trying to do sexier things together and the 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 the, the, the grandpa he's into balloons rubbing on each other that's his shtick <laughs> so I, I i want you to watch yeah. that episode at some point and it's hilarious he's like i like balloons i like when they rub i like how they feel i like how they touch me and i was like oh jeez ah i i so is that your, like, to your, like is, is that your fresh hell? Is it? Would that be like a balloon a room, room full of balloons that you have to rub and squeak by to get through? Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Some about balloons, man. I don't know. I also can't blow them up, which I feel like has made me really mad uh, that I can't do you that. Got poor mouth skills. Well, not everyone says that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got, Kev. What else? Um, well, hey, I I talked a little bit my my D and D background, okay. but I'm curious for you. Because you're obviously the other half in this mm-hmm. little story we're going to be telling. Mm-hmm. So what was it for you? Because I introduced you to it. Yeah. I yeah. did so, this to you. So so Kev is a crack whore and then passed the pipe to me because he wanted someone else to, you know, 
catch the addiction. Well, you're my first game, man. I don't think yeah. I was full. I wasn't fully addicted until we, oh, you were until addicted we all started playing. You were addicted as soon as you found out you could snag us into the room together and do it. You don't you lie? I to knew me. I was. Gonna, I mean, there was no shot I didn't like it. I knew oh, that yeah. going in. And so for me, it was. I've I've played a lot of video games and I love RPGs. And then I've also read a lot of books and I love stories. And so. When you combine all that stuff together, you create a game where you have the ultimate agency for the player. And I always, and I'll, and I'll say this in probably a video game episode, Fallout New Vegas is the best RPG to come out of the United States ever, or come out of a Western uh, art, uh, gaming company. Um, it is masterful. It gives you so much agency as a character. And then, you know, I kind of saw that game and I'm like, this is the pinnacle. This is the best we can do because you have so many choices and so much freedom to be gray almost. And then D&D came around and, and good gosh, you can at any point just be like on a main storyline doing something good. And then out of nowhere, be like, you know what? I'm just going to go pickpocket this person. And then you get thrown in jail and now you're fighting in a, in a, like a, like a jail fight ring fight club to get your freedom or something like that. And everything can just change in a moment's notice. And it's awesome because that's what life's kind of like, you know, at any moment I, you know, I'm probably not going to do this, but I could pick up, get in my car and just leave. I can, I could just leave. It would probably be a bad idea, but I could, I could do it. And so, you know, the game really gives you that option of like, do you really want to keep doing what you're doing? You can ask yourself at any moment and just change. So I always really enjoyed that whole agency aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. And I will say my first character, uh, Thok the One-Eyed, uh, was a, <laughs> a pretty basic pretty basic character. People will probably give me some sass for it, but it was a half-orc fighter. Yep, yep, I did a fighter. At least I didn't do a human fighter. Champion, too. Oh, yeah, champion, too. And he kicked butt. And <laughs> uh, he... Um, he you know, he was awesome. He was, a you know, again, it was my first character I ever made. So he was a bit of a, you know, machination of myself. You know, a little, you could see a lot of me in the character. And it was fun. It was ridiculous. I got to be rowdy. And it was such a great experience. And then, you know, I got hooked at, and I started playing at school, at college with a lot of friends. But we're both fresh out of school. We've been out of school for, what, nine months now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't go to the same college together, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. We got away from each other for a little bit. Yeah, we need we need the separation. We're getting too close. <laughs> but uh, I just like missing you, you know? Yeah, I just love missing you, too. <laughs> ah! What's the balloon noise? <laughs> But uh, yeah, and so you know, D and D really became a place to perfect a bit of my, uh, as a DM, my like story craft because I got to read so many stories. I got to read so many stories, amazing stories, and I just felt like I could never compare, you know. And because I'm just I'm not good at sitting down and writing, you know. And so D and D gave you that option of like I can make this up as I go, mm-hmm. and I can change it as I go, and I can morph it as I go. And That's it's part just totally. Like, have this story that, uh, like, you know, it's like it's rendering right there, right now, as they're in it. You know, it's not like, like, I don't have to prepare ahead. I could. But, you know, that's not really my my D, my DM style. So, yeah. It's D&D to me, man. Awesome. I'm excited. I've, if we can get, like, one person to listen to this and, like, watch or listen to our game and start playing, I will consider that a great success. We will have accomplished our mis- our mission. Cyber Monday, the book deals that Wizard of the Coast does, look for them. 
uh, they do it on my, on Amazon too. That's how I got all my books. Shout they out to ex- Wizards of the Coast. They Please are don't shut us down. Expensive, but they're worth it. You know, it's like fifty bucks a book for the main books. You can get it down to like thirty if you do it on the you know Cyber Monday deal. So watch out for that. And if they're doing anything else during the year, they're coming out with tons of new books right now as well. I just got the Eberron Rising uh, from the Last War, and it is so cool. And I'm still reading through it and just learning so much cool stuff. So shout out to Wizards of the Coast. They they come out with amazing content. We're so happy to you know be using uh, Fifth Edition and what we're able to do with it. It's gonna rock, dude. It's gonna rock. We're gonna have a lot of fun. What I want, I like to do, you know, you guys can reach out to us um, and leave us some questions that you might have for us. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to be able to do like a Q and A sometime down the line. If, yeah, you know, we can get some submissions. So. Yeah, so so right now, guys, you can contact us at ftepodcast at gmail.com, and it's lowercase fte and lowercase the whole word podcast at gmail.com. We'll take your submissions. You can reach out to us, say if you know, say anything you want. Uh, appreciate not too much hate or nothing too, you know, horrible in there. I'm very sensitive. We're we're all very sensitive. But uh, yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to hear from you. Any suggestions you might have? Any you know fan art or anything like that? We'd love to see it. And uh, yeah, so this will be uh, this is Big Daddy Wags signing off. This is Kevin W. Egan signing off on our very first legitimate episode. Very first legitimate episode. Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations, man. Out in three, two, one. Yeet.